0: Today on Grace to the
1: Hearers with Pastor Eric Kluth. There is power in speaking the truth. There is power speaking the truth, and speaking the truth. You can't even put a measurement of how important and what that does in a conversation that you're in. It brings uh, an unmeasurable power into the conversation. And so even if you're speaking truth about someone or something, the truth, catch this, this is brilliant, will overcome a lie.
0: (laughs) How do you bring change in bad environments or difficult situations? Pastor Eric will teach today a few key answers to that question, like presenting the truth and speaking well of others. These actions have the power to change hearts and transform a situation. Like when Jonathan convinces his father, King Saul, not to kill David. Well, let's join Pastor Eric for part one of his message entitled, How to Bring Change.
1: We've been continuing through the book of 1 Samuel. And guys, we've seen David already go through some crazy stuff, huh? David's gone through a lot of different things as a young man. I mean, right off the bat, he's chosen to be the next king of Israel at a young age. I mean, all of his brothers go before Samuel, the prophet. And here he is, you know, taking care of the sheep. And then the Lord calls his name, you know, and says, no, I want you. I'm not looking at the outward appearance. I'm looking at your heart. And so he chooses David as the next king of Israel. But in between that, we have a king named Saul who started out right with God, but now he's just slipped away. And and the word has told us that the Spirit of the Lord had departed from him. And that he received a distressing spirit. And so with that distressing spirit, it was bringing him down in a sense into a, I would say, in a form of depression. It doesn't say that, but it, he was so, uh, the word I keep coming, coming back to me is depressed. And so he, he wanted somebody to play music for him. And guess who they found? Out of all the people in Israel, David. I mean, like, Really? God was up to something. And so David was playing the harp, and it would soothe Saul's heart. And then, not only does he play the harp for the king of Israel, then he was going to give food to his brothers, and here's a big nine-foot man calling out to the children of Israel, saying, I'm going to defeat you all. And little David got the call once again, and he went and he defeated Goliath. The stone hit him in the forehead, and he fell over, and he cut off his head. Then, he not only then defeats Goliath, but then we see that he marries the king's daughter. He marries King Saul's daughter. And then, now he is the son-in-law to the king of Israel, Saul. And then, to come find out, as we learned last week, Saul resented David. Well, tonight we move into chapter 19, and I know oftentimes I think, how can we bring a change in a different environment? On Sunday, this past Sunday, we, uh, I titled the message, "Changed," and so I guess the Lord is, has this theme in my heart, change. And so how do you bring change in a bad environment or different situations? How do you bring change into that? You know, that's the question that I was thinking. And so tonight we're going to see in our text five things that can produce change in an environment or situation that's going on. And so I titled the message of 1 Samuel 19, How to Bring Change. How to Bring Change. So let's dive into it. Verse 1 of chapter 19, we're going to go through verses 1 through 7 and kind of go back through an observation and then see the application in our lives. And so Chapter 19, verse 1 it says this Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. So Jonathan told David, saying, My father Saul seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning and stay in a secret place and hide. And I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will tell you. Verse 4. Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father, and said to him, Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you, and because his works have been very good toward you. Verse 5. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine. And the Lord brought about a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw it and rejoiced. Why then will you sin against the innocent blood to kill David without cause? Verse 6. So Saul heeded the voice of Jonathan, and Saul swore, As the Lord lives, he shall not be killed. Then Jonathan called David, and Jonathan told him all the things So Jonathan brought David to Saul, and he was in his presence as in times past. And so here we see right off the bat that Saul is having a team meeting, in a sense, with his son and his servants. And the topic of this meeting was what? Kill David. Kill David. We're meeting together. I want to call this meeting, and the first order of business is this. I want you to kill my Uh, (laughs) son-in-law. Now, if you have a son-in-law, I hope that's not your heart, you know, where you want to kill your son-in-law. But that was the heart of Saul. He wanted to kill David, okay? And and so this struck a nerve in Jonathan because Jonathan cared deeply about David. He loved David, okay? And, And so he went and he told David what was going on that his father was saying about him, that he wanted to kill him. And so Jonathan advises David to be on guard and to hide from his father. In the meantime, Jonathan says to David, Hey, I'm going to go talk to my dad, and I'm going to tell him all the good things about you. And then, you know, hopefully we can clear this whole mess up. And uh, I will report to you, David, uh, what the outcome of that meeting is. And so Jonathan does as he said, and he met with with his father, the king and spoke well of David, didn't he? He spoke well of him. And Jonathan asked his dad, why would you sin against David? Why would you do that? You know, uh, Jonathan reminds his dad of David's faithfulness. And not only was David faithful to Saul, but he took out the Philistine, the nine-foot Philistine, right? Nine foot and some change, I think. Uh, and, and, And so, Jonathan is giving this highlight reel of all the good things that David has done for Saul and saying, Why would you want to kill him? You know? And he says, Even in the time that David delivered us from the Philistine, correct me if I'm wrong, Dad, but you rejoiced. You rejoiced over this victory that David did, you know? and so he is reminding him of all the things that David has done, and so then he wraps up his case for David by asking, why will you then sin against innocent blood? You know, to kill David without cause. He's innocent. There's no reason to kill him. Why would you do that? I would say this. Jonathan was a pretty good lawyer, huh? He was presenting the case in front of his father, and this is the king of Israel. This is no slouch, everyone. This is the king. And so he's presenting this to his father. I can only imagine the emotions going on in his heart, you know, confronting his father who had the authority to put his life to the end, you know, to kill him. But yet he was bold in what he believed. And he stood up for what he believed and he presented the truth to his dad. He exposed the truth and he let the truth change the heart of his father. Because we saw the result of this conversation was this – King Saul promised on the life of the Lord at that, that he would not kill David. Now, that's a pretty heavy promise, don't you think? That I'm going to promise on the life of the Lord that I will not kill him. Well, at that time, Jonathan took his dad's word, and he delivered to David, and he took David and David, at this point, would have to be a man that had a lot of trust in Jonathan. They had to have a pretty tight relationship, you know, to where you know that the king wants to kill you. And then that's what you heard from this guy's mouth. And then you, again you hear from the, his, the same mouth, it's all good, man. My dad's not going to kill you. It's all good. You can come home. It's okay. Come on home. So David goes home and... Or goes to the house of the king. I don't know if it was his home, but he went to the the, uh, the king's house, and Jonathan encouraged his good friend to be there. Now, the application. What is the big deal? These first seven verses. Well, actually, there's a lot of big deals, and there's specifically four big ideas in these seven verses that we can learn from, uh, that we can learn and apply in our own personal life. Okay, number one. We see in dealing with bringing change because, uh, again, the whole text of it is: is Jonathan wanted to change the situation that his dad was trying to put him in? And, and so, the, the number one thing that we see in these first seven verses is this: present the truth. Present the truth. Number two thing that we see in these seven things that can apply to our lives is this: speak well of others. Speak well of others. Uh, The third thing is accountability. And the fourth is the importance of not sinning against the brethren. So let's look at these four things and, and go through them. Number one, presenting the truth. Presenting the truth. Jonathan did just that, didn't he? He presented the truth to his father. And in situations, it is easy not to present the truth. For some reason, it is easier to lie than it is to present the truth. At least, that's my observation. It's easier, uh, you know, like, for instance, if you don't want to get in trouble, if you're a kid, you would be like, you know, and I see this probably daily, unfortunately. My kids are trying to figure out ways to get out of getting in trouble. And so, instead of just coming clean with it, you know, they come up with a crazy story, you know. And the thing is, is that when you don't present the truth, it only digs yourself further further in the hole, And there's more consequences, you know, for that. And so Jonathan presented the truth. But the truth, you guys, uh, can upset. The truth can offend. It can bring even correction. But the truth is also profitable. There's profit in truth, okay? It also brings instruction. Truth brings instruction. The Word of God is often referred to as the truth. Many of us know this, right? That the word of God, the Bible, is referred to as truth. Uh, Jesus Christ said that he was the truth. He is the truth. So knowing that the Bible is referred oftentimes to the truth, and Jesus Christ called himself the truth, therefore, the Bible says this. It says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. So in a nutshell, what Paul is writing to young Timothy here is this. All truth is given by truth. Okay, And it is profitable for doctrine. It brings rebuke. Truth disciplines. Truth teaches one righteousness. So truth is what is needed in the world that we live in, okay? Truth is much is needed, not only in the world that we lived in, it, because really, if you look at the characteristics of man, man hasn't really changed in history, okay? And so there's always been a need for truth. There's always been a need for truth, and there's always going to be a need for truth, okay? But who's going to represent that truth? Who's going to proclaim that truth? The more, again, like I said, the more that we get into uh, falling away from the truth, the more that the truth, when it is spoken, it offends people. And to my observation, and I could be the only one, our country gets offended quite often. Uh, The people that live in our country over a lot of crazy stuff, you know. And it's because the truth, I believe, not being spoken boldly. The truth, you guys, is what changes the heart of man. Ultimately, it does. It changes the heart of man. And we see that as a prime example here in our text, just as it did with Saul, right? Jonathan presenting the truth of David to his father and hearing those truths, it changed that man's heart, I mean, I don't know how early this meeting was or when it took place, but say it took place in the morning, he's gathering his servants around, and he's like, okay, today's agenda, kill David. But then hearing the truth from his son changed his mind, for the moment at least, until he rejected the truth once again. And so there is power in speaking the truth. There is power speaking the truth. And speaking the truth, you can't even put a measurement of how important and what that does in a conversation that you're in. It brings uh, an unmeasurable power into the conversation. And so even if you're speaking truth about someone or something, the truth, catch this, this is brilliant, will overcome a lie. (laughs) The truth will overcome the lie. And we know that because of the Bible. At the end of the story, truth, Jesus Christ, has victory over the father of lies. So there you go. You have it right there. Truth will overcome a lie. And so as a believer, believer even non-believers, we want to change this world. We want to change the world that we live in. And the only way that the world that we live in, meaning relationships, communities, jobs, marriages, families. The only way that things are going to change is if they're founded in truth. And hopefully that foundation of truth, you guys, is built around the cornerstone, Jesus Christ. The truth of God and the truth of his word will bring a profit, okay? It will bring rebuke. And guess what? It will bring discipline. But in the midst of all of that, the truth of God and the truth of God's word will bring righteousness. Righteousness, you guys. So if we want change in our communities, if we want change in our nation, if we want change in our schools, our houses, our marriages, we must present the truth. We must present the truth. If we want something to change, we must be bold enough to proclaim the truth. Okay, so now looking at number two, speaking well of others. We see that bringing the truth can bring change. How does speaking well of others bring change? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because here in our text, Jonathan spoke well of his friend David. It even says that in the Word, didn't it? He said in verse 4, or it says in verse 4, "...thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father." The word well can also be translated to say kind or loving. So in that verse then, Jonathan spoke kindness or kind things of David to Saul. Or Jonathan spoke in a loving way to Saul about David, okay? Do you see how that fits? Because he is backing him up. He was supporting him, okay? In other words, our words bring a huge impact. The words that come out of our mouths impact. And you might think, might be saying to yourselves, well, who do I impact? Who am I? Well, you do impact somebody. Maybe it's not a huge audience of, you know, 3,000. Maybe you're not on the, on the big stage, but you know what? You have contacts with people. There's people that you interact with every single day. And so your words have a huge impact In the world that we live in. But it's easy to say, you know, uh, (laughs) well, I can speak well of somebody or kindly or loving when that person's in my presence, but how easy is it to speak evil and wicked when that person is not in my presence? That's really easy, you know. And so when we are communicating to others, May we think about others as we communicate. Again, just like speaking the truth, uh, speaking words of kindness and love will bring change to any atmosphere. It will bring change to any atmosphere. I truly believe that because listen to the Bible, okay, uh, Ephesians four twenty nine. You know, if God didn't support this thought, you know, then reject it. But He does. He says in Ephesians 4, 29, it says, let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Okay. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. So what is the Lord trying to communicate to those who are reading his word? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. Jesus, you guys, said this. Jesus himself said, for by your words you will be justified, and by your words, you will be condemned. That's a heavy scripture. That's a heavy word. But Jesus is placing the importance of words, you know, coming forth from our mouths, and that we must think before we speak. And it just seems like we are not only speaking with our mouths, but we're speaking with our fingers in the society that we live in. And so to to really step back and say, you know what? If I want to bring a change, how am I speaking of others around me? The words we speak are important. But God, you know, gives the knowledge to speak well. Because it's not our natural instinct to speak kind. Why? Because the Bible says there's no one good. No, not one. And so if we want to be able to change, we need the one who can speak these kind words, and that's God. And the Lord communicates that, you know, throughout his word, through Paul, you know, to the, uh, in Colossians chapter 4, verse 6, it says, Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Let your speech sometimes be with grace. No. God is calling us to always season our speech with grace. And, you know, if you're just to put your, you know, your hamburgers or your steaks on the grill, and there's no seasoning at all, it's all right. But once you add those flavorings, man, the salt, the pepper, whatever it is, it just brings it to life, man. That, that rich, goodness, juicy steak is flowing in your mouth, and you can taste every morsel in your mouth, Right? And you're like, "Mm, man, this is good. And the guy right next to you, who's trying to watch something, (laughs) can't have salt on it. He's like, it's just all right. You know, salt makes a huge difference. And so if salt makes a huge difference in your steak, what's it going to do in your speech? And that salt is the grace of God coming forth from you. It's going to bring a change, don't you think? I do. I believe it will. So again, if you're wanting to change, a change in your workplace, maybe things are a drag around there. Maybe people are backbiting constantly. Well, maybe take a different route and try some grace in your speech. And and speak good things about your coworkers, even if they drive you bonkers, you know? Because people can drive you bonkers. It's okay, right? Uh, There's people that sometimes drive me bonkers. But the way that I speak I just pray for extra grace, you know, uh, that I would deliver it that way. Uh, But no matter where you're at, your workplace, hey, maybe even your neighborhood, your neighbor is just, you know, man, he's just doing things that are off the hook, you know. But it's just like, okay, I need to speak with him with grace. Your schools, your houses. And the big one you guys to me is marriages. 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 You know, how do you speak to your spouse? Do you speak with loving words? Do you speak with kind words? Do you speak well of your wife? Do you speak well of your husband when they are not with you? Or do you call them the old bag? You know? I don't know. Is that term still relevant? I don't know. It doesn't matter. But whatever you call, that's pretty mild probably what people say. But whatever the case is, is your speech seasoned with grace. You know, if you want to see change, speak well of others. And and I truly believe if we try that, if you make an effort and say, Lord, I need your ability to speak well of others, you'll see a change. You'll see a change. There's
0: so much more Pastor Eric would like to share with you, but we've run out of time for today. This has been another edition of Grace to the Hearers, the radio ministry of Pastor Eric Kluth of Calvary Chapel Coolidge in Coolidge, Arizona. Pastor Eric will continue teaching verse by verse through the book of First Samuel next time. You can order today's message for free by emailing us at info at com. Sometimes it's just easier to call. Our phone number is 520-723-7047. We'll be happy to help you. Again, that number to call is 520-723-7047. You can learn more about Grace to the Hearers, Calvary Chapel Coolidge, and Pastor Eric at our website, gracetothehearers.com. All of Pastor Eric's messages through the Bible are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. Perhaps God spoke to you clearly through this message in 1 Samuel and you need to review this message. Again, this message and many others are available to listen to or download for free at gracetothehearers.com. We'd also like to encourage you to subscribe to the Grace to the Hearers podcast. Subscribing is easy. Log on to com and follow the link or simply search for Grace to the Hearers on the iTunes store. From all of the production team here at Grace to the Hearers, we want to say thank you for tuning in and please make plans to join us again for the next edition of Grace to the Hearers.